Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Jerry Springer. Thank you. So many people liked my orange shirt last I week that I decided did. to wear it again. Oh, this that week. was a good idea. Hey, uh, by the way, Bryce Carlson. Right, is, is he still rowing? That guy finished, and uh, I watched it. My wife and I watched it on uh, Facebook Live. Love that technology because, and they were here in our studio audience. Well, Bryce yeah, was on people, the show. So, yeah, Bryce tell. is a guy, a teacher from a school in Cincinnati called Seven Hill Schools. And he rode across the North Atlantic from St. John's, Newfoundland, to the, uh, what's it called? He was headed for Penzance, England, and he hit, right at the end, just tremendous headwinds and couldn't row into Penzance. So he shifted it to the Isle of, I'm forgetting the name. Isle of Wight? Not the Isle of Wight, but another uh, isle, island, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that is a legitimate finish point for record-setting rowers because it's part of England. And so he rowed to there, and we watched him row in, and we watched him Facebook Live go from a little white dot to a point where he eventually got to the shore and walked up some steps on their wharf and was greeted. He finished, not only did he break the record, which was 53 days of a person rowing unsupported, no chase boat, just him, uh, he finished 13 days shorter than anyone else ever had. How many people have been doing this before? I, I just I think there were 29 who did it. Wow! And uh, so he rode. I mean, a rowboat. rowboat. Yeah, yeah, it's quite amazing. And I've asked him to be on the show to, just to come by here sometime into the studio audience, and he's going to do that. We're going to arrange that here in the next week or two. Uh, so it's quite amazing. I wanted to ask one other thing, and we've got, by the way, we asked him to come back. He was on our show last week. He's from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, grew up, born in uh, Silver Springs, Maryland, raised in West Virginia, and now works down in the Nashville area. And his name is John R. Miller. Got a new album out called The Trouble You Follow. And we asked John to stick around the Cincinnati area and come back and be on our show again. He's going to do that. He's going to do a song and sing a song with Jerry Springer as well. Uh, popular. I want to ask him this because you mentioned West Virginia. Yep. I, I, I should have asked him last week, but I, the in West Virginia, they just impeached the entire Supreme Court. They didn't know that. Yeah, the entire wow. Supreme Court oh of God. West Virginia got impeached. Wow. Because of uh, the legislature impeached them all because they were um, spending all kinds of money um, unethically, if not illegally. Amazing. Yeah. All right. We'll see so if they, he's they don't have a Supreme Court following right now. that at all. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Megan Hills is, and we talked about this last week, oh, yeah, a couple man. of other times, but she's uh, traveling. Her job, after, you know, we did this podcast for over two oh. years and Megan's work schedule and her day job. Oh, She's a young years. professional. Yeah. We finished three years. That's right. You were a young man. I was a young man when we started. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> her work schedule at the moment has her doing a lot of traveling. We may even shift up the day of the week that we record these so Megan can be with us. So if you're looking for Megan, she's still with us, but not here tonight. In spirit. Oh, she's always with us in spirit. And by the way, there is something going on, and we're recording this in August of 2018. 
for people who listen to these on the archive and can listen anytime in any year. Uh, but there's a, a movement afoot, or a con- I'm going to call it a controversy, in the Trump White House about him requiring, and it's just come out of late, I'm sure it's going to play out over some weeks, of having people sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. And it made me think of something. I'm passing something over to Jerry, and it's just a paragraph. I'll read it. But I would like, <laughs> and I think that what my listeners would agree that this is reasonable. I, I'd like, it's called the Jerry Springer Podcast Non-Disclosure Agreement. I, and then there's a place for Jerry to sign, <laughs> agree to never, to the till the day I die, disparage, criticize, mock, or humiliate the executive producer of the Jerry Springer podcast. <laughs> one Gene Galvin. Yeah. If I ever do, even one time, I agree to give him two-thirds of all of my holdings, possessions, stocks, season sports tickets, even airplane or planes, if I ever get one again. He's selling his plane, so he didn't have that. And then I've got a place for him to sign, and then I also have I am signing this with a clear head, and then he initials there. So anyway, I just thought I'd ask you to do that. I think it's reasonable to have you do. And uh, first, if I can't mock you, we don't have a show. By that's God, that's a is. fair Where point. do we get our material? Uh, that, that is a fair point. Oh, man, point. so I got to sign this? Yeah, I, well, I'd like you to. If we, Megan uh, was ever here, maybe you'd get I, her to sign I, I would try. But yeah. I, Don't do it. Don't get rid of Megan's a She'll lot. have to get rid of her plane. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, well, speaking <laughs> of that, because uh, last week I tried to sell, and I'm still working on it, uh, Clean Jeans, Buy, Sell, Trade, or Give It Away, a company that I have that runs, it's an LLC, it runs parallel to the Ludlow City Bus Company, which I have. Uh, But anyway, I'm trying to sell Jerry's plane. Everything's got to go because Jerry's life is changing uh, and uh, he's slowing way down. So, I mean, everything's got to go. Boats. Boats, cars, clothes, houses. You have a way of making me feel up. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, you I've been are flying. An inspirational <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. But I, I, I've been flying commercial my whole life, and now Jerry's oh, back flying commercial. And I haven't seen him. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen him lined up in the TSA line, but I'm looking forward to it. Do you have to wait in the TSA line like the rest of us? Well, that, this is what I really don't understand. Sometimes it says TSA, and I get to just go through. And then other times it doesn't. And uh, I got to, I'm not, I have to take off my shoes. Oof. Does not seem reasonable, does it? Well, all of a sudden I realized I better start wearing loafers. Yes, because untying a And shoe? maybe socks would be a good idea, too. Well, I should have socks without holes in them, because that's <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> right. No, it's, yeah. very, it's very inconvenient, if I might say. I hear you, and uh, God bless you. Hey, by the way, uh, we, there's all this chatter about, it, and again, at the time of this recording, this is all still playing out, of special prosecutor... Robert Mueller and Donald Trump and all of this chatter about will 
Trump's lawyers allow him, he can do what he wants, but will they counsel him to interview with Robert Mueller? Do you think that he will agree to do the interview or not? Not voluntarily. No, I, I think, uh, which I think on, as a side point is kind of interesting. And no one questions this. His lawyers, his staff, his family, anyone he talks to is telling him, no, it's not a good idea for you to talk to Mueller because they're afraid he'll perjure himself. Which, think about what that means. This is President of the United States. And we can't have, the people close to him are saying, we can't have the President of the United States have to testify under oath because we can't trust him to tell the truth. This is the President. You can't have him (laughs) testify because he can't tell the truth. And... They're basically admitting that if he did tell the truth, he could wind up in jail or be indicted or whatever or impeached. I mean, that's, and everyone's just going through this, will he, won't he? Why is it an issue? Can you ever imagine not permitting, you know, someone saying to President Obama, we can't have you testify under oath because we can't trust that you would ever tell the truth? So that just boggles the mind. That's how far we have sunk as a nation that we now have a leader. No, President Lincoln, we can't have you raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth because we don't believe that you can. I mean, what do we teach our kids? I mean, what's the point of when a president gets sworn in, put your hand on the Bible and raise your right hand? Do you swear to tell the truth? What was all that about? Did we kind of know? Why did we have him swear to tell the truth when we know he can't. And, and his own people are saying he can't. This isn't Democrats attacking him. It's the Repub- It's the White House saying we can't have him tell. Holy cow. All right. So no, he, he, won't, he won't do it voluntarily. And because he's in, but they call it a trap. But I also think that he doesn't want it to look like he doesn't want to. So he's saying, oh, I'd love to tell it. I want to talk to him. Let's get it done. I want to talk to him. But then he keeps throwing roadblocks in there. Well, he will talk to Mueller voluntarily, but I want to know what the questions are ahead of time. They got to be written out. Or you can ask me what you want, except no questions about the meeting in Trump Tower and no questions about the firing of Comey. Duh. What else does Comey want to, what else does Mueller want to know about? So that's a ridiculous roadblock. And then he says, even if the, now the latest is, just yesterday or the day before, the latest is, if, we, if you do agree to these conditions of the voluntary interview of not asking me questions about that. It has to be done by September 1st, which basically is a few days from now, because I don't want to interfere with the election coming up. That is a different tune that he whistled when Comey came out 11 days before the presidential race and announced that uh, they were investigating her emails. 
He didn't mind that it was 11 days before the election. He says, this is great. I admire your courage, Mr. Comey. This is great. So he's just a fraud. He's just nothing that comes out of his mouth is honest. So no, he won't voluntarily do it. We know that. So now the question comes, will, will Mueller subpoena him? And the law isn't clear on that. Now, I know everyone initially goes, well, Nixon was subpoenaed, and that resulted in him then resigning. Well, his tapes were subpoenaed, documents, but not Nixon the person. So Nixon was never subpoenaed to testify under oath. They just subpoenaed the tapes, and that's different. And with Clinton... They worked out a deal, and he did it voluntarily, but the deal they worked out is that he could do it in the White House, and he wouldn't have to testify in front of the grand jury in person. They could do it by videotape, and that's why you have that kind of grainy home movie. Not home movie. They don't do movies anymore. But, you know, it was uh, a video camera that was uh, taking his testimony. But they never yet had a president in the grand jury room before the grand jury in person testifying. So we don't know that Mueller could win that in court. And so there's a fear that he doesn't want to lose on that issue, which may make, give people the opportunity to say, see, the whole thing is garbage. You know, he can't even, even the court's going with us, etc." There's also the point that he doesn't really need Trump to testify because the potential crimes that he's committed, we already know through other testimony, through other records, through other people flipping and testifying or um, saying, uh, you know, already pleading guilty. So we know what happened. There's no new information Trump can give other than an admission. So there's no real purpose except on the issue of obstruction of justice, intent is critical. You have to intend to obstruct justice. It can't just be by accident. But there again, we don't need Trump saying, yeah, I intended it. He's already said that on camera, in his tweets, in interviews before the nation. So there's really no purpose other than it's a great, you know, it's a great moral victory to get him there. I would like to see it happen because I think it's good for the country. It's good for the country because it, it kind of shows that no person is above the law. That if the court says, as an equal branch of the government and a defender of the Constitution, if you are subpoenaed, you must testify, and you must testify the truth to the truth. And I think that would be good. Now, he can go in there and plead the fifth. But if he pleads the fifth, that will at least politically tell everybody, this guy has something to hide. Why else would you plead the fifth? If, he's, if, you don't, if nothing you say is going to incriminate yourself, then you're innocent. You say what you want. But if you're pleading the fifth, you're hiding something. You don't, you have a right not to incriminate yourself, but you're admitting to the public that I did something wrong. So legally, 
Trump has no strategy. There is no strategy. He did something wrong. That's what all of this is about. That's what all the lying has been about. That's what all the guilty pleas have been about. That's what all the flipping, um, the people flipping to become part of the prosecution, that's what it's about, because he did something wrong. Specifically, we haven't seen it yet, but he did something wrong. We know that. So there's no legal strategy to save him. So what he's got left is knowing or pretty secure that he won't be indicted while he's in office. That's a reasonably safe bet, at least more than 50% chance that they won't indict a sitting president. They'll wait till after he leaves office. The only thing left is the issue of impeachment. And so their whole strategy, while they have, uh, you know, the New York mayor, Rudy, out there, with all his nonsense changing his position every day, the whole strategy has nothing to do with the law. It has to do with the political battle of winning. All they have to do is create enough confusion that this all looks political and convince only his base and one-third of the Senate. As I've said before, if he only can get 34 U.S. senators out of the 100 to stick with him and not remove him from office, and he gives them a reason, and the reason would be this is all political, they're just out to get Trump, the, uh, it's the media that's doing it, the fake news, the media, the press is the enemy of the people, keep throwing all that stuff out. We know it's garbage. We know the press is not the enemy of the people. We know it's not fake news. We know the indictments are real. We know the guilty pleas are real. We know that. But if he can just get his base, a third of the people, 34 U.S. senators, to at least be able to say, yeah, I'm going back to my Republican constituency and tell them I'm not going to vote to throw him out of office because he's got a point. It is fake news. The press is the enemy of the people. Only 34 senators, he's safe. He's not kicked out of office. That is their whole strategy. There is no legal strategy. He has no legal case. He only has a public opinion case, a political case, and that means 34 senators. Keep them in tow, and he stays in office. Yeah. All right, we want to call John R. Miller back up to our little stage. And uh, John R. was on our show last week. And John's from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And he works, he has a, a band, as a matter of fact. Uh, he's performing solo tonight, but... Solo, you can't hear him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Try it for you. But he's got uh, the John R. Miller and <laughs> the Engine Lights. That's the name of his group. And uh, by the way, let me just get this in real fast. John will be performing on Mountain Stage October the 21st. Where is that? It's a radio program on NPR. It's, uh, they do it at the Culture Center Theater in Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, it's oh, been going on for 30 no, wait. years now. Larry Gross is the host of it. There you go. And when is it on normally? Is it like a Sunday night show? or? It's, uh, yeah, it's Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday nights. Great. And by the way, uh, John's uh, album is uh, The Trouble You Follow. And uh, John, what are you going to do for us tonight? 
I'm actually going to do a new song uh, since uh, I, I did one off the album last week, and yep. uh, this one's called uh, Faustina. All right, John R. Miller.
Good song. John, that was great. Uh, John R. Miller, latest album, The Trouble You Follow. And by the way, uh, you can hear uh, John's music other ways, too. Uh, you can go to, help me out here, jrmusic.com. jrmillermusic.com. jrmillermusic.com, pardon me. Um, and by the way, you're working your music full time? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, I, I, I play with some other people too. Uh, I pretty much do this full time. Sometimes I'm off the road, I pick up some landscaping or, you know, yeah. something like that. But, uh, it's pretty, when did you know you'd be doing this for a living? In other words, when did you say graduating high school or whatever, say, you know what, this is what I want to be do. Uh, I knew that I wanted to kind of focus on this when I was about 15. Nice. Uh, so not, not long after I first started, um, first started picking up the guitar, but I, I didn't think that it was in any way feasible. I'm still not sure if it's feasible, if you want That's to know right. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it looks uh, like you're eating. I, yeah. I, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> Somewhere in there, there's a compliment. <laughs> And it, it's a it's a hard competitive world, isn't it, John? I mean, a lot of people love doing this, and I think uh, I think it's easy to to fall into looking at it that way. But um, you know, the way I see it is is everybody's kind of got something to say, and uh, yep. uh, I think there's room for everybody. I don't really think of it competitively, and I think that's kind of worked out. You know, uh, I've had a lot of help from a lot of people, and I've tried to help other people too. So. That's a good way You're to look good at soul. it. Actually. You're a good soul. Yeah, Are there other people in your family? In other words, do you come from a musical family or? Uh, not really. Um, I my my dad had a had a classical guitar, and that's what I started learning on. I see. Uh, you know, guitar in the closet. And yeah. Never never really played it. When did you come out? Um, oh, stop it! About four, 14. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John R. Miller is going to take us out on Down by the Riverside. Jerry, Jerry will join in. We don't even ask anymore. <laughs> I'm on the way down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm on the way down my heavy load Down by the riverside You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I ain't gonna study war, no.